0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Coming up on in-flight Snack, we had a loaded episode for you today. We were joined by two of the greatest guys in Jets media. They actually are Jets media. Richie and Jack to talk about this Jets season, talk about Bilal's career, talk about their Jet fandom and a whole bunch of other stuff. We had a really fun time with them. We previewed the Jets Black Friday, the first ever Black Friday game in the NFL. Jets Black Friday game at home against the Dolphins. It's make or break again. The Jets always find a way to pull us back in. Now it's a new quarterback. It's Tim Boyle season. We'll see what happens. We'll see if this makes the change that we're hoping for. Aaron Rodgers said some interesting things, as he always does on Pat McAfee. On Tuesday, we talked about that as well. And we previewed and picked the game. So a Thanksgiving episode for everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. A whole lot coming up. A whole lot of snacks on InFight Snack. Stay tuned. And with that, I will tell you, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. The holiday season is off and rolling. It's Thanksgiving. With the NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form, BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and not just for the big four. BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use the promo code BELIEVE BLEAV for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and again bet online where the game starts.
2: Third line ready. The step clean, the placement down, the kick in up and the kick hooks to the left but it's gone inside the left upright for Zerline, and the jets win it in overtime and honestly i'm not sure how
0: it's a toss with Powell he's got the angle
2: he's got blockers Powell working the sidelines Powell goes all the way touchdown Jets
0: Yo, it's Quentin Wins here, and you listen to In-Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like a New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack.
1: Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. That's Bilal Powell. I'm Rami LaVie. Today, we have an awesome episode because we had Richie and Jack from the NY Jets Media podcast and YouTube feed and social media channel. They are awesome guys. They make incredible Jets content, and we had a really great time with them just talking Jets, talking Bilal's career, talking different things. It was a really fun conversation we had with them. So that's going to be coming up in a second. But I wanted to start here, Bilal, uh, before we get to that, I think... It's so funny that I wanted to start here because just talking to Richie just now, he's maybe the most optimistic Jets fan out there. And even how he spun the Aaron Rodgers story because I was starting to get fed up with Aaron Rodgers. You're like making fun of me like, oh, you know, you're such a Rodgers fan. You're starting to get fed up with him. Well, I think the resiliency that being a Jets fan gives you is crazy because on Monday, we were devastated, right? I was angry. You were angry we're talking about benching the quarterback. You said it was quote 11 weeks too late. That's a direct quote from you. It's on last episode. Go back. I can clip it. (laughs) I'm going to clip it. I'm going to post it still. Um, I said it was three weeks too late. You said 11, but, uh, and then on Tuesday, I'm like, all right, new quarterback. Aaron Rodgers says it just takes one play on Pat McAfee. The dolphins haven't done much of anything against the really good defense yet. Like let's just win a game at home and see what happens. All of a sudden I'm all the way back in. Like, Think about where we were. When I called you that first day, I remember I was on my way into work and I called you and we're like, we're hosting a podcast together. You know, we're just getting to know each other. And we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and what a fun season it's gonna be. And to go from that to immediately crashes and burns in one in four plays to them winning a bunch of games and the bye week and beating the Eagles and then barely winning the Giants game, the up and down, the roller coaster it's been this year. Do the Jets have another up in them in this roller coaster ride? Do you believe that we have another up in us? Bilal Powell.
0: Yes, I do. And like you said, Ben, all of a sudden, it's just I don't know what it is with the Jets fan base, with, with guys that love the Jets. It's like you like, uh, oh, I don't want to ever watch the Jets again. And it's like, you know what? They, they Ben Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle's in. I think we have a chance. It's like you, you, it just finds a way to just reel you back in and, and, and gives you, it gives you reason to watch a Jets game, to go to a Jets (laughs) game. And, you know, I think, I think this has been definitely a roller coaster, a roller coaster uh, of emotions and all of these things going on. And I found myself excited to watch this game. Versus the Dolphins when I was like, there's no way we're going to beat the Dolphins. And I was like, I think we can beat the Dolphins. Like you said, like they haven't beaten, uh, they haven't played a defense like the New York Jets. They haven't beaten a good team. We have a new quarterback. We addressed a problem. Not all the problems, but a problem. I'm excited to watch the game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think the defense is going to come out fired up. Richie said something really cool, and we'll get to that in a second, about Quentin Williams, and he's right. It's when Quentin Williams took it upon himself, like, hey, we only need a rush three to get pressure. That was the argument last year. It was like, oh, send blitzes because this. let more people be in the secondary because I can get pressure. And I think Quinton, remember the game he had against the Dolphins last year? I think he'll be fired up again this year. You mentioned Tim boy, I kind of want to read his stats to you and they're not great. Um, do you know how many touchdowns he threw? First of all, do you know what his completion percentage was? He played 19 games over three years in college at UConn. Do you know, his, you want to guess, I mean, he made it to the NFL, so he must've been pretty good in college at least. Right. You want to guess what his completion games. percentage was? 19, 19 games. Completion uh,
0: percentage. I would definitely have to say it's high. It's 75.
1: Yeah. Close. Not really. 48.4% completion oh, percentage. Oh my goodness. At UConn. Um, in nineteen games scout. over three years, you want to guess how many interceptions he threw? I mean, again, NFL quarterback made it from UConn to the NFL. He must have That's barely he, thrown any interceptions. He must. In he must
0: games. have. I don't know. He, he 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 he's reckless. You think he's reckless? Um, I have to say, in nineteen games, on average, I say two. I'll say twenty.
1: No, no. He only threw 13. Only 13 interceptions in 19 oh. games. Not too bad. But again, this guy made it not into the NFL as a quarterback. So he must have just thrown a ton of touchdowns in college, right? How many touchdowns would you guess he threw in 19 games? Yeah, 19
0: you games. Come? Let's say 19 games, 48% completion rate, 13. I would probably say 25. Let's say 25.
1: One. He threw no. one touchdown. At UConn and thirteen interceptions on forty eight percent completion percentage in college, and, and not even a, an like NFL a quarterback. Not even like a high grade college, and he and he's an NFL quarterback.
0: You you, should, you probably should have kept that statistic to yourself because now I'm like, okay, now I'm not as excited. So watch the boy take the field yeah. versus the Dolphins. They <laughs> have two good cornerbacks, Xavier Howard and, and Jalen Ramsey. I, I, this is Jalen get...
1: Ramsey. If he's healthy, I mean, this is yeah. gonna be tough.
0: This is gonna uh, be tough.
1: <laughs> it makes you wonder like, how is he in the league? How is he on the roster? Uh, how do he make it through? Oh. He went undrafted in 2018. I know that's shocking. Can you imagine like who drafted him? No one. Yeah. Um, the Packers picked him up, had him for a couple of years. He sat behind Rodgers. You know what he, his stats were when he sat behind Rodgers? He only no. came in to take kneel downs when they were winning games at the end. He would come in and take the kneel down. That's the only snaps he ever got. He has um, one stat his entire time in Green Bay. He got sacked for an 11-yard loss. That's the, only sa- that's the only stat he has as a wow. Green Bay Packer. But then he played for the what Lions. What a career. He what his, a journey. He started three games for the Lions. He's 0-3 in his career. Um, he threw three touchdowns and nine interceptions. So,
0: um, Here we go, then. I, I guess I'm not as excited about Tim Boyle. I should have done more research, I think. <laughs> uh, I think just
1: seeing something different is exciting yeah. for us. But... Um, I, I don't know. We'll preview the game coming up in a minute. But first, our conversation with uh, Richie and Jack. It was a fun time. So uh, I'll kick it to that. All right, joining us now on In Flight Snap, uh, I guess we did a little home and home. Uh, I wasn't invited to the first half of this, but that's fine. I forgive you guys. Uh, it's a show anyway. The guys from uh, the New York Jets media, right? It was at NY Jets media, I guess I should say. Uh, Richie and Jack, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this.
3: Thank you so much for having us, man. We have Bilal on the pod and you're next. Don't you worry. Uh, thank you guys for having <laughs> us on. We're very, very excited and humbled to be on the podcast with the great Bilal Powell. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having us. It's an honor. And uh, Bilal, I guess we're buddies
0: now, right? Are we friends? Can yeah. we call ourselves friends? It's friend? official now. It's Let's official. Let's go, Lock it in. man. Let's go. Lock, Lock it in. It in. It's dope. And I, hey, listen, don't, don't feel bad. I haven't met Rami yeah. yet in person, so... yeah he was telling us that before the stream that's crazy i just
1: told him before we we got on i was like i was like this is wild because i met quincy and the first thing i said to him i was like we met in person before you and i met we've been talking like every day for the last i don't know now three months something like that three months yeah three months yeah it's wild i think (laughs) thanks for the heads up on the mic but i'll appreciate that because my mic was definitely not on for that first question but it's all good we roll with the punches um But again, I ask everyone who comes on the show, I ask Joe Beningo this, and his answer was great. They won the Super Bowl when he was 12 years old, but I assume that's not the case for you guys. How do you guys become fans? Everyone has, like I feel like, their villain origin story, where we kind of are all, at this point, kind of like the Joker. But uh, what's your Jet fan origin story, if you will?
3: Yeah, I mean, I was born into it. My father's a Jets fan. I know Jack is the same way. It's just like... When you're from New York and your father and your parents and you're just in the household growing up watching uh, Jets football, it just naturally happens. You know, Chad Pennington was the quarterback, Curtis Martin was the running back. During my, adoles- I'm born in 1998, we're 25 years old, so that's kind of our upbringing. And it was just kind of born into it, right? There wasn't really anything where you know I would I would say. You know, I was a Jets fan with the Chad Pennington years. I was really enjoying the Jets. But then that 2009 season was kind of just like where all just where they sucked me in to the point where this is what it feels like to win, right? And then at that point, it's just been a ride ever since. But since I was born, watching football for the New York Jets since I was literally, you know, firstborn. So I think Jack is the same way.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I grew up playing football as well and uh, was always a Jets fan. I was an offensive tackle. So the uh, Ferguson was my guy growing up. And uh, yeah, man, just born into it. Dad's a diehard Jets fan. Grandfather was a diehard Jets fan. Whole family's Jets fan. So JETS all the way, baby.
0: Yeah. Hey, so this is what this is what I'm starting to see now. I'm starting to see the younger generation not really like a team. They're following players. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think growing up we 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 loved our, our team and now it seems mm-hmm. like the younger generation are like locked in on players. If this player go there, then next thing you know, this kid's wearing that jersey. And now he's a uh, he's a Giants fan. He's a Cowboys fan because of a, 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 a player outside of being a Jets fan. Are, are you guys do you have a favorite player that you just you respect, you admire, you follow outside of fantasy football, but you're just a huge fan? Mine uh, came to mind right away. My guy is TJ Watt. Uh, he, is,
2: he is terrifying. Uh, he's so fun to watch. He, he's an absolute game wrecker. He can get after the quarterback. He can deflect passes at the line of scrimmage. He can do everything that you want an outside linebacker slash edge rusher to do in today's NFL. So that's an easy one for me, man. I love watching him play. I love whenever I get uh, the chance to watch the Steelers defense. I think he might even be better than his brother. And that's saying something because JJ was an absolute monster. So that's easy for me. TJ Watts, my, one of
3: my favorite guys to watch in the entire league. Yeah. I mean, there's so many players I love to watch around the league, but there's no, like I'm a fanboy over this player. It's his jets all the way. Uh, but if, if there is one guy, I can definitely admit that I just admire his game and it's probably, you know, a little mainstream here, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I really love, you know, how, what he brings to the game. And, you know, you see what's going on these past few days about the wide receivers dropping passes and he's dropping dimes. I love his ability to just like not point fingers and say, I got to put a better ball, even though he's not doing anything wrong. I just admire Patrick Mahomes, talent and just feel, like he is like this generation of like one of the best quarterbacks we'll see for a long time but it's not like i'm a mahomes fan in that standpoint i don't really root for him but whenever they're on prime time i definitely go out of my way to watch him play because coming from a baseball background of myself i see some little you know athletic ability that he has is different so i definitely gotta admit i do admire patrick mahomes game a lot
0: good choice and and the reason i say that is because my son (coughs) excuse me he wanted a san francisco 49ers hoodie and I'm like, dude, you've been around Jets football all your life. And you're telling me you want the 49ers. He said, no, dad, I don't like the 49ers. I like Debo Samuels. Mm. I was like, mm. oh, okay, he's a fan. And then when Robert came over, Robert Sala and uh, my son had the chance to meet him uh, a couple years ago during my retirement uh, ceremony. Mm-hmm. The first thing he was like, Debo, can you bring Debo over? I'm like, dude, they... <laughs> He's not gonna tell you he's gonna break Debo. Like go work in the front office and then maybe you can have those inside scoops. All right. But yeah, man, honestly, like I said, man, it's it's just so different now. Um here in Kentucky, man, I'm I'm involved with youth sports and you know, the kids are just different, man, from you know, what we grew up with, you know, just loving one team and not necessarily following players, man. Uh, but I feel one like thing there's so I much like,
2: access, right? Uh, sorry to it cut it you is, off, Bilal. Man. I just feel like there's nope. so much access with today's you know social media world. You can go onto YouTube and just search, you know, Debo Samuel highlights. You don't have to tune into the whole 49ers game just to see that one player that you like. You and know, you so can there's
0: add so guys much guys more too. Access. You, can add, you can add, you can message, you could, you could follow your favorite player. Like if I I, I can only imagine if, Did if I Did you see Kevin
1: Durant's right? response the other day,
0: Bilal? <laughs> About what?
1: He was no, like, like, "Oh, fans. you guys only tweet at me when I when your bets fail, not when they actually hit." <laughs>
0: that's like, yeah. How? Do you see that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at sauce. Sauce is already like, responding to the now. Me... All of a sudden, <laughs> that's
1: true. So <laughs> like, you guys don't you give know, me a cut exactly. of your winnings when you're when I make you money. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly.
1: He
0: has enough yeah. money. He's all right. Yeah, he's, he's doing, doing fine. good with <laughs> in investments. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, um, goodness. Goodness. What's funny is, um, and I I'm, I'm like jumping in the middle. I apologize because I. I, we were talking about technical difficulties right before I came on and then I was the king of it just now. Um, but I'm glad you guys were able to keep up without me. Maybe I'm really not a part of this crew as much as I thought. Um, it's, it's just you guys. But um, starting, going from being a fan is one thing, but then starting a podcast, starting a page as you know, thousands of followers on YouTube and getting to the growth that you guys have had, how does that transition happen for you guys?
3: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. I mean, I started this just purely out of a hobby and passion for the Jets. You know, I was a senior in college back in 2019 and I had access to video equipment because that's what I was studying in school, media production. And it was, you know, right before the 2019 season, I'm like, I want to make like preview videos and then record reactions after the game. And then that was just my goal is just like connect the Jets community out there. I already had a Twitter following and just wanted to like reach out to Jets fans and suffer with them at the time. Right. I mean, we're still suffering today. Right. But still, (laughs) um, and then it just naturally grew. And then all of a sudden I'm just seeing it get gain traction. And then Jack is a longtime friend of mine. I mean, we went to school, um, you know, middle school together. So we're lifelong friends. We've always had a dream together. We should make a podcast and like do it together. And now here we are today, launching our first podcast, technically this season. So it's been a lot of fun, man, because all we are is just diehard Jets fans. And my goal with that is to kind of develop a community where we can all celebrate together, lose together, whatever the case may be, because there's a lot of things amongst his Jets fan base that gets me excited. The passion is for real.
2: Yeah, man. Richie laid Hopefully all the way. They win together,
3: right? I know. It's, I mean, I built this off losing. I mean, well, let's see him win for once. I don't know what that's like. You really have oh. the channel. The channel started in
2: in the depths of of despair. You know, I <laughs> mean, the channel started in one of the in one of the sketchier years in Jets history, and uh, since then, you know, we've had ups, we've had downs. But Richie's really put in all the hard work, man. And I'm just lucky enough to be best buddies with him, so I get to come in here and give my hot takes uh, on the podcast. But Richie put in all the hard work and really grew this thing. Uh, to where it is now, where we have, you know, sponsorships and brand deals and things like that. And we have, you know, thousands of people that we're constantly communicating with. And just like Richie said, it's a wonderful uh, community of, of, you know, all we are as fans at the end of the day, you know, we're not on the radio, we're not on television, we're fans, we're using, you know, equipment that we buy ourselves to just put this out there to people and hope they enjoy it and connect with it. So it's been absolutely amazing. And uh, I just can't ask for, you know, I'm just so happy to be part of this community. It's a, it's a really special thing. That's how I feel well, you know, about Palal.
1: He 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 made it to the NFL, played nine years for the Jets, and I'm just riding his coattails now. Go ahead, Palal.
0: <laughs> but but I don't I don't know which side's worse though. The fan side or just playing as a player. And honestly, I think being a fan is worse than you know actually being on the roster suffering mm. through those times. Mm. Like I'm I'm more frustrated now than I've ever been. And I'm like, why? You know, when I was a part of that for nine years. Uh but Rami and I talked about uh when we come on it's almost like the same thing every week. And we try to be so positive for the fan base. We try to be, you know, just positive, a positive show for the New York Jets, but we try not to be biased. We have to be Mm -hmm. truthful. We have to be honest, you know what I mean? So at what point do you guys on your show go in and try not to be biased, but you want to be positive. But what we see week in and week out on on a weekly basis so far is ugly. You know what I mean? You know, what, what 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 is the approach for you guys, man?
3: That is a great question because that is what I've been dealing with this entire process of covering this team here on the channel and now in the podcast. It's like you know, I kind of am known around, you know, the Jets YouTube podcast world as the optimist. I mean, that's kind of, uh, I mean, that's what I'm labeled at this point. And and my approach to that is I really try to look at it from an objective point of view and not be delusional, right? No one's going to listen to somebody spewing some nonsense of just spewing like delusional optimism. I really try to go into the film room and break it down objectively and kind of give an opinion based off what I'm seeing and kind of find the good in the dark times. I mean, listen, there's not a lot of good in these last few years especially this season right i have to admit this past week has hit a breaking point for me and i know jack has noticed that with me uh because i've been trying to hold on to hope but at the end of the day it's been really hard to do just that and you, i'm really happy you asked that question below because that is such something that i try to do my best is not being delusional not being biased but also keeping it real and keeping it 100 and i know jack can relate to that even more
2: Absolutely, man. I mean, there's always good things to talk about. Even in the darkest times, we know we have one of the most badass defenses in the NFL, but like you said, when you were asking your question, Bilal, how many times can we come onto the podcast and basically say the same thing for, you know, three hours, Richie and I do our show for. So, you know, we're talking about every week. It's okay. The defense was great. We have no offense. Now, what do we talk about? You know? So it's like, there's always good things to break down, but then as, especially as of late, you know, you just, we're, we're, we're stuck under this, you know, giant, Boulder, that is the offense that's weighing this team down right now. And you know, like I said, there's always positive things to be talked about in certain aspects, but then you know you got to keep it real, you can't can't be biased, but you got to keep it real. there's there's you know the defense is great, the offense stinks. there's lots of question marks around the entire organization from the head coach to the general manager ownership as well. So you know, I mean there's there's always there's always a way you can spin things positively and there's always a way you can spin things negatively. and I think as the host of a show, it's kind of our responsibility to toe the line and kind of remain neutral, at least to the best of our ability. Sometimes I get very passionate and I start talking lots of crap about the team. But, you know, it is what it is. And I think Rami. I think especially since we do live, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> we do we do live callers. So we kind of sometimes leave it up to the callers to to really show the passion and the fan bias, which is, you know, part of being a fan. But us as the hosts, we kind of have to reel it in.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's the difficult part, Bilal. Thank you for the shout out. Yes, I try and I try and keep my emotions out of it, but we've been suffering a lot longer than you. You said you've been only been a fan for four years. We've been fans for you know twenty five for them, twenty six for me. Like, come on.
0: How was it going to school though, as a Jets fan growing up? Like, how was it like going in, knowing that I watched two, you're just I watched
1: fans. two Super Bowls and all my friends celebrating.
3: Yeah, the, we had to witness two Giants Super Bowl championships, oh. man. I would wear Jets gear to, to school. I mean, every other day, and it's just a constant battle between Jets and Giants fans own. throughout high school. And unfortunately for us, the Giants had our number in those those days.
2: And and not even just the Giants Super Bowl, but how about six
3: Patriots Super Bowls oh. as well? We had Patriots so, fans in our high school, bro. Yeah. And, oh,
2: and both oh, of us went nice. to college. Both of us went to college in the Rochester, Buffalo, New York area. So it's all Bill's Mafia up there. So we were like oh, the man. only little blip of green in an entire sea of blue and red. So all of our lives, you know, I mean, that, that comes with the territory of being a Jets fan. But, you know, you're going to get some flack here and there just for repping your team. But it is what it is, man.
1: I, it's so interesting, Bilal, that you asked that. And I think I've told you this about, the, about this before, but one of my best friends in high school was a giant Packer fan. Um, and so he, I don't mean New York Giants I mean a huge Packer fan and so I ended up becoming a big Aaron Rodgers fan which is interesting because mm. now he's on the Jets uh we got a little break from Aaron Rodgers news on Sunday because he wasn't there for the first time wasn't tossing it around he wasn't in Buffalo didn't get to experience that terrible loss but then again he goes on McAfee again on Tuesday and he spews everything that he always likes to t- about and one of the things was regard this time he kind of tune where it's like regardless of how the team is doing he wants to come back it, he said goals to come back and the team's record are mutually exclusive and maybe he sees that the team is kind of not doing so well right now and he thinks that he still wants to come back my colleague joe beningo who's a big jet fan said i want to see him back one way or another because at least it'll change the conversation at least we'll see a competent jets offense you guys talked about this conversation being the same really for the last two years or not just this year. Um, and do you think that that is the direction? I know it's a little far out, but he said December 2nd, he plans on being back with the team practicing. That's crazy.
3: Like, do you want to see that from Aaron Rodgers? I mean listen that what he's doing is mind-boggling from the start right he's defying science he ruptures his Achilles and he's just doing everything in his power to get on the football field and it sucks for him that the team is not even staying afloat to the point where he has a chance to come back and make a run and we'll see what happens Friday with Tim Boyle obviously uh, if he can do anything special to kind of keep his team afloat but the reality is if the Jets are mathematically eliminated from p- the playoff race which they are trending in that direction unfortunately I don't see how Aaron Rodgers want to go out there on the field and risk anything especially if he is expecting to be the starting quarterback at the start of the 2024 season next year I mean you're talking to a guy Bilal asked who's your favorite you know non-jet Aaron Rodgers was my favorite non-jet as well and then when he became a jet it was just like Ecstasy for me. I'm like, oh my God, my favorite non-jet is now my quarterback. And the fact that he ruptured his Achilles four snaps in was devastating for us all. So the fact that he's even defying science, and if he feels like, you know what, I want to go out there for my guys, because the one thing Aaron Rodgers did say that I kind of respected is that he has like a personal guilt that like he is like the reason for the default, which I kind of don't blame it on him. It's not his fault, but he wants to do right by this team. And I love that he's all in because he easily could have, towards Achilles, said, I'm done with this team. This team's trash. Like I'm not even coming back, but he's full in. He's in engaged he wants to be with the guys he wants to be at practice and he wants to have his input and that's something i really really respect about aaron Rodgers. because there's a lot of narratives around him externally outside that's like putting him in this corner of this diva and this negative person and just gonna just you know rip this jets organization to shreds and he's doing the opposite i mean outside of getting hurt obviously that's a negative thing that's out of his control so if he's ready to go and he wants to go out there i'm in full support
2: I agree, man. While, while I think it's kind of a foolish idea at this point, like Richie said, unfortunately we're trending in the direction of, you know, missing the playoffs for what's it, a 13th straight year. (laughs) Um, but you know, I mean, let's face facts. He's, he's the oldest active player in the NFL. He's 40 years old. He's going to, if he does come back, it's going to be in the, you know, the freezing cold, which I understand he's played in his entire career in green Bay, but you know, to be, to, to be a guy at his age, to come back from an injury like he suffered, with the season going the way it's going, I just it doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't make any sense. Get as healthy as you possibly can, and we'll see you in August of next year, and let's try again, and hopefully you can stay healthy. But I feel like at this point, what are we doing?
0: I, I think him being a veteran, knowing that his days are numbered, and he see he see his opportunities are slipping and slipping away. Every game that goes by, he's probably thinking, "That's another game that I'm out." Um, mm. I think he just loves the game that much that he wants to be mm. a part of it. You know, you saw Brady retired and come out of retirement. Like these guys, like love football. Like there's a mm. difference in loving the fo- loving this game for the things that it, it brings. But you have guys that really truly love the game, and I think he's one of those guys where every opportunity that goes out the door, every week that goes by, he's like. I need to get back. I need to get back. But I I would say this. If the Jets find a way to win and and they find themselves in the playoffs, come back. If they don't, the Devontae Adams talk, worry about building next year. Because if they don't get in the playoffs, the organization is already preparing for the future anyway. So my thoughts would be, no, don't come back if there's no playoff hopes. Save yourself Get Devontae Adams over here. Let's find a way to hold and keep this defense together as much as possible. We all know you have to start playing players, and players move around pieces, and, and maybe this defense won't be as uh, as good as it is next year. But I think you just wait for next year, man. Like, but 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 just coming from a player standpoint, when you get on the other side of the mountain, dude. Every every snap, you know, when you're young, right? And I, and I, I remember LT saying this to me. I remember the guys like, Oh, next year, next year. And I remember LT saying to, he turned around in a meeting. He was like, Hey man, like it it might not be a next year. You know, we talk about LT at 10 years in, like, man, it might not be a next year. And ever since then, man, every year that I played, man, I I never took any, any practice, any snap for granted. And I think that's kind of what Aaron Rodgers is, is, is facing in his life right now. And, and maybe he may be delusional of trying to return early, but just from a, from a I love this game in every snap every time every time my team goes out to practice and I'm looking outside from the training room and I'm seeing my guys go to work or every time I'm walking out the tunnel and I see my guys come out fully dressed ready to go all those are opportunities that you can't get back and I think that's what he's facing if they make the playoffs try to come back I don't I still don't think he's going to come back from it even if they do like it's just it's just crazy that a guy can heal from an Achilles injury at his age I don't know what he's doing in Cali, you know. I don't know what whatever he's doing. But just wait, man, honestly. I would like to just see, you know what? Just wait and see what happens next year, honestly.
2: Bilal, that kind of leads me into a question I have for you if you don't mind. <laughs> oh no, um, go ahead. I was I was wondering, I mean, you know, you're kind of an anomaly, man. Not everybody lasts 9 years um as a running back. Notoriously one of the positions that gets, you know, beaten up pretty badly compared to other guys, you know, constantly taking hits. What is it like I mean, I know it's obviously a full-time job. There's so much more than just showing up for the game on Sunday. But but week to week during an NFL season, especially as a running back, somebody that played nearly a decade in the league, how how difficult is it? How much time goes into taking care of your body? A lot, uh, I, mm-hmm. honestly.
0: I, I think this game is more mental than it is physical because on Sunday, you don't feel those bumps and bruises and those mini car wrecks that you have. It's the next day. It's the next day waking mm. up when, when the soreness starts to take, take uh, you know, take heed to your body. And then there's a study done talking about, you know, the, the inflammation doesn't really settle in until 72 hours later. Well, 72 hours later for us is our heavy workload. That's a Wednesday practice. Yeah. So it's just mentally getting ready, mentally like just forcing yourself to, to go in, even on your off day and get something done to stay mobile. You know, one of my biggest things was just making sure that I was moving, uh, making sure that I was going to get stretched, doing everything I could, you know, mentally preparing for my opponent to gain that that, that extra preparation. Because, man, as you go on in the season, you're not as fast as you were in, in day one. It, it, there's plenty of coaches that will tell you, players that will tell you, you're 100% healthy before you start practicing. Once you start practicing, it's, it's, it's over. Like, you're not going to be as fast as you were in day one. Your body's tearing down, and you have to lock in. You have to almost take yourself to a, 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 another, another realm, dude. Like The soreness is there, even on Sunday. Things you, you, you beat up with, even the meds and the stretching and whatever it may be, these remedies that these guys may have, man, on Sunday, you're still sore from the week before. But it's just locking in, taking yourself to a, a, another, another realm, and, and uh, honestly, that's it, man. It's, it's, it was hard, man, mentally draining. I'm sure, man. That's very interesting. Thank you for answering that. I was always so curious because
2: like I said, you lasted so long, uh, all these years with one team and as a running back, especially, um, you know, you never knew how your number was going to, going to get called. They used you in so many different ways. So, you know, I figured there must've been so much time, you know, just taking care of yourself and enabling yourself to play for nearly a decade. So
3: good and, on you. And you, Bilal. And you yeah. did say Bilal that it's more mental than physical. And I kind of want to ask a follow-up if you don't mind, like, you know, you you have to put yourself in another realm. Is there any practices to kind of help out the mental to kind of, you know, really, you know, not allow the, the outside noise of the fan base or the outside noise of the, the media and the narratives kind of like clouding your mind because I agree. I, I always say on my show that people don't realize and I can't speak from experience like you can, but I always believe that professional sports is so much more mental than physical because so you, you can have all the physical talent in the world but if you don't get it mentally and have that preparation mm-hmm. then you're not gonna really figure it out so what did you do to kind of figure it out mentally to kind of really stay within and not really get too you know lost in the external you know noise because new york city is a big market as you know
0: honestly i uh i didn't have social media my entire career. Bingo! <laughs> yeah, I, I did not. I did not have. I did not have social media, so I wasn't. And look
1: how calm now you're replying to trolls on Instagram. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh,
0: it's a fair game now. It's a fair game. <laughs> but it's just, man. I I knew. I, I tried it, and one game, it was when fantasy football first started taking off, and um, and I went into the to the shoe store. And I remember him looking at my name. He didn't recognize me by face, but when I gave him my card, he kind of like looked at the card and he was like, man, you didn't have this and that. And at that time, like, I had to like, I wanted to be like, well, first of all, you don't understand the game plan. There's so many things that go into it. Like, maybe you go into the game and say, hey, we're going to be heavy pass. Or maybe you want to go on heavy run, but, you know, the turnout of the game, the ball's not rolling away, so the whole game plan switches. Like, fans have to understand that part when it comes to fantasy football. It is not these... Players' fault. Sometimes this preparation is, is is the game plan. But I had to like physically tell myself, right? I had to look at my wife and say, "Hey, I have to get rid of social media." Like, but what what you face with as as a player, even when you get rid of the social media part, the hardest part is like close friends and family. Oh, you should be doing this, and you have to block them out as well because that's the biggest thing. Oh, why are you not playing? And And it's like, you know, you should be playing more. Why are they bringing in another running back, man? You should be the starter and all these different things. And I had to block that out. And every day was I had to focus on the now. I couldn't think too far ahead and I couldn't think about the past. I had to focus every day, which is the hardest thing to do as a human, is to focus on the now every single day of my career. Like if I thought about what what was going to happen when they brought in two, three running backs, guys that were successful at other organizations – then I probably would have cut myself. And and what I had to realize is like I can't be anybody else. I can't be Ladanian Thomas and Sean Green, Joe McKnight, Matt Forte, Chris Ivory, Mike Goodson, uh CJ uh, Johnson, Chris Johnson, uh, Stephen Ridley, Zach, all these guys who I just focused on me, man. And it was the hardest thing. I'm telling you, it was so draining that when I retired, when I, when I first retired, when I first officially said, you know what? Because, you know, I had a chance to, to sign with the Chargers. Anthony Lynn was out there. They wanted to sign yeah, me. Yes, it was during yes, the yes. pandemic. It was during 2020, week three. They wanted to, they said, hey, pack like you're staying. I did a workout. They were ready to sign me. Went up to the general manager office. I, look, I overlooked, the, I overlooked and, uh, his office, man. They were practicing. And guys, let me tell you something. That was the first time that I looked out and I just felt like I didn't belong anymore. Wow. And it was the hardest decision in my life and you know they gave me all day to be like hey you know it takes some time uh because you know the pandemic everybody was struggling like they said oh your family can't travel you can't be around family and and they made and it made me it made it easier for me to be like you know what i think i'm done mm-hmm. like mentally that was that was when that's when guys would tell you like when you're that's why it's so mental once you're mentally done with football you have to stop because it's just that tough man so definitely being focused was 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 hard man and social media um and just you know blocking out family friends honestly
2: yeah man
1: even For when the i was social in high media
2: school, school.
1: Piece, yeah go, go ahead. ahead
0: rami i'm sorry man
1: no no uh i was just gonna say the social media piece it would be nice if you could give some advice to sauce and and uh <laughs> garrett and makai just to stay off of it because please oh. like we have enough issues as it is if they could just stay off of it and uh, I, I can't speak from experience like you guys. Not a professional athlete, but Bilal, uh Tiki said this all the time because a lot of people. He retired at the top of his game still, and Tiki uh, Barber always, um, you know, he couldn't. He just didn't couldn't put himself through that anymore. He could still physically play, but he could. You know, mm-hmm. he had other ideas and other things that he wanted to do in his life, and just building himself up mentally and emotionally to get hit like that over and over again just wasn't. And I always tell you well, like since we've met, I I've seen it a couple times now, but mostly I just see the soft mannered, you know, soft spoken side of you. And I'm like, I don't understand how a guy like you could get hit you know, house as hard as you did uh-huh. over and over um, in the NFL. Every Sunday, I don't see that side of you. I see it come out once in a while. Um, yeah. But you know, I like the same thing with Tiki. He's like a soft, mild mannered guy. And it's just like, you don't see that side of him. And so obviously you guys are incredibly mentally tough to be able to get yourselves to that point that, you could go out there every Sunday and compete—not just compete, but compete at such a high level for such a long time.
0: Even at practice, Rommy, like practice is evaluated. Like guys are yeah. preparing for practice, like it's game day. Headphones, they're locked in. They're going over their notes before we go. Like every every rep was evaluated. At a, you know, can you imagine that everything that you do was evaluated? Like even if even if you had a nick, like who's in the trainer room? Who's not in the trainer room? Like I remember having turf toe for Ooh. at least 10 weeks. I'm talking about no one knew about it because I'm like, man, if I go in this training room and and I can't practice, then that's me allowing the next guy to come in and get an opportunity and I can't do it. So for 10 weeks, I battled turf toe without anyone knowing about it. And it was the most painful thing that I'd ever had to do. Talking about going through practice, it was training camp. So I'm, you know, you five days on, one day off, and then you have a game. Then it's five days on, one day and I endured that for about ten weeks, and no one knew about it. And it was one of my best seasons um, that I had as a as a New York Jet, man. But to to go through that, only per, only person that knew about it was my wife. Man. You know what I mean? We went and got like this this, this unit at uh, Walgreens. We went and got all these different things, and she was massaging my my feet, and you know, scrape tool and doing all these things at home because I'm like, hey, I can't be in the training room because I know, you know, there's a chance that I could get cut. They brought these guys in for a reason. You know what I mean? So. Just that part, man. Like, you know, at what point do you be like, man, like, you got to get so riled up just to go to practice. Like, guys got to get motored up to go to practice, man. That's how tough it was.
1: Does the name name Wally Pip mean anything to you guys? Anyone? No? Yes? No? Wally Wally Pip? No? I don't think so. Wally Pip, he he was the first baseman for the Yankees. I'll just tell the story real quick. In the 1920s. um, And one day he was sick. He wasn't feeling well. So he decided to sit. And a man by the name of Lou Gehrig replaced him at first base that day and started the longest streak till the 1990s when Cal Ripken broke it, uh, the longest streak of consecutive games played because this guy was hurt and took one day off. And obviously the mm-hmm. Hall of Famer that Lou Gehrig was would have gone even longer if he hadn't gotten sick, obviously. Um, with you guys, I kind of want... I know you guys maybe have a little bit more time to ask Bilal a couple of questions, but uh, I want to ask you guys real quick if you have any realistic expectations, one thing Roger said is there were four and six teams that have gone on runs before. He didn't exactly say R-E-L-A-X, but he uh, definitely alluded to that season a couple of times. And all it takes is one. I mean, I think the offense is going to look infinitely better even if Tim Boyle's not infinitely better than Zach Wilson. I think the offense will just have a little bit of a spark and I think the defense will get up for a big home game against the Dolphins. I think they felt a little bit embarrassed. We saw Quentin Williams kind of, motivating them on the sideline in the second half what are your expectations the rest of the way this season
3: yeah I mean when you talk about the quarterback change the one thing I'm really you know looking forward to is the one thing I know about Tim Boyle is that he understands this offense he has a high IQ and that's always something that Zach Wilson always struggled with right I mean you talk about the mental and the physical right I mean Zach Wilson had all the physical abilities he did not figure it out mentally and Tim Boyle he figures it out mentally. Not to say he's going to go and light it up, but that just gives me a little more comfortability out there that he can go pre-snap, he can see the defense, he can make the checks, and he kind of just, like, operate a system where he can go underneath a little bit and move the chains and just get the ball out fast. I mean, I watched some little, you know, all 22 of them against the Bills. He didn't light it up or anything, but there's just one play that stood out where he got the ball out in two seconds in anticipation, throw to Conklin, and those little things matter, especially when you have a defense that's playing, that they've been playing this season. We all know that we don't need the Jets off to light it up to win football games. You talk about the defense. I'm going to rewind to last year. Don't forget that the first three seasons of this Jets defense, they were not playing good. And in that year three, uh, excuse me, that game three against the Cincinnati Bengals was the game when and Williams was outraged on the sidelines. And it was that moment when the Jets won four straight and that Jets defense started playing their best football. So I'm just saying last year when Quinnen was really, you know, a voice of the sideline, it really sparked something in this defense. So we might even see this Jets defense play the top with their game against one of the best offenses in the NFL on Black Friday. And I kind of like that this game is kind of, it feels like a trap game for the Dolphins where the Dolphins are going in with this mindset like, oh, we're going to go in there and, e- and win this game easy. Where I'm looking at it like, you know what? The Jets are the heavy underdogs. They don't really have anything else to lose. And I think it's going to be on this defense to carry the load. And Tim Boyle just be a, a system quarterback. But the at, at the end of the day, it's hard to be super optimistic that we're going to go out there and win this game. But if there is a path to victory, it's the defense and Tim Boyle playing turnover free football I agree with
2: Richie in terms of the defense. Um, you know, I think I, I expect them, especially after seeing Quinn and Williams get riled up on the sidelines last week, I do expect them to go out there and play some of the best football that we've seen uh, this season. They're mad. The problem with that, though, is that the defense is not the issue, right? I mean, I, I feel like here we are, you know, talking about the same thing yet again. And and Bilal, you'll probably know more than me as a as a former player, To me, I don't know. To me, it seems like Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett are way in, are in way over their heads. I mean, I I feel like we've seen a lot of success out of Nathaniel Hackett with Aaron Rodgers. But then you go back to last year with Denver, this year with Zach Wilson, and we've seen the Jets are literally the last ranked offense in the NFL right now. So you got this defensive minded head coach and he's done his job in terms of one side of the ball. But unfortunately for him, he's not the D.C. He's the head coach. So everything falls on him. The The ineptitude and the inability of the offense to move the ball and score points falls on him. So I think we have a head coach who's in over his head and O.C. who has the wrong quarterback. And uh, while I think the defense will continue to ball out because we've seen no evidence that they won't. They're not the problem. It's the offense that continues to be the problem here. So obviously we have a quarterback change coming on with Tim Boyle. So we'll, we'll see if that adds a certain spark to the mix or if not because um, they did have eer- eerily similar stat lines the other night, Tim Boyle and Zach Wilson. Um, So they might just be different versions of each other. Who knows? I don't think anyone's out there really expecting Tim Boyle to take us to the promised land, so I'm not saying that. But I don't know, man. When you have a head coach who's in over his head, an offensive coordinator who's in the same predicament, no viable quarterbacks on the roster between Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, and Trevor Simeon. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know You know what's so it's interesting, just- Rodgers?
1: Roger said for the first time, uh, I'll let you go after this ball, but Roger said for the first time, you know, that offense was successful, you know, because I had some things that weren't in the offense that I was able to do. He said that on Mm -hmm. McAfee, which is like kind of the first little jab that he took. If he ever took a jab at at Hackett, that was kind of the first time you saw him. He loves Hackett, but he said, you know, this offense has some stuff that's not really in the offense that I was doing.
0: Mm. Hmm. says a lot. Hey, Hey, listen, when I turn on and see highlights of Tommy DeVito slinging a rock around after he just almost beat the New York Jets with attempting, what, zero? How many passes did he attempt? Like one, maybe? More, I and think. And it was like a – and to see him now get comfortable in the offense and, and watching the confidence of this guy just slinging his ball around is like – I was just hoping to see that from Zach Wilson. And, you know, you guys said it. I didn't say it. So for all the Zach supporters out there that that, that kind of got after me when I said Zach Wilson was not a starting quarterback in this National Football League, you heard it from Richie and Jack. OK, like <laughs> you didn't hear it from me. So at least, you know, two people don't tell the same lie. All right. So <laughs> at least we're watching the same thing, guys. I don't know what they were watching, but That's it does boil down to it, it. It does. It does boil down to that IQ. It boils down to you know to being precise and just mentally being there and and Zach wasn't there. He has all the attributes. He has that, but man, if you mentally don't lock in, it it does not matter. Especially at this level, you can get away with things that you did in college, but you can't get away with things that you did in college in the in National Football League. Like it's it's just it's just the truth. So to to do, do I expect. Uh, boy, you will come out here and put up 400 yards passing. Absolutely not. But do I expect him to let the ball go, make make the throws that is necessary, be aware? I, I think that 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 is. is and I think that's going to help the New York Jets, honestly. Because when I watch Zach Wilson and I see him lock in on his read and when I see him holding on to the ball and I see him not going through his progression, it makes me frustrated. And And then, you know, you want to blame the O-line for the sacks. If they're blitzing, then as a as a quarterback, you you watch Josh Allen last get rid of the football. Like you have to know and understand where your pressure is coming from, where the weakness of the defense is, all those things. And Zach Wilson just did not have it. So it's good to know that I have guys coming on my podcast. So when we post this, hey. Rami, make sure you, you put a clip of that up. I can say that about Zach Wilson because I've been saying it, man. And and you can ask Rummy. I was supporting him early on in the year, especially after that Kansas City game when we saw Promise, when we saw, okay, I think he's finally turned turned the corner. And then, mm, nah, he, yeah. not, he hasn't turned the corner. But I will say this, Richie and Jack, when Aaron went down, I was expecting the New York Jets to make a move at the quarterback oh, position. Us too, man. I was, I I was, I was, and you talk about management, you talk about uh, coaches, and it almost makes you question, like, who is it? What is it? Why why didn't it happen? And why is it happening all of a sudden when the playoff hopes are just seeming further or farther away, right? But you know, uh, I appreciate that, that that take on on Zach Wilson because I was trying to say that for weeks. Uh, respectfully, um, because I'm heavily involved with the organization still. Um, You know, (laughs) I want to come on here and support the Jets. I want to see the New York Jets win. But it was just a problem that needed to be addressed. And it's finally addressed. And now we get to get the opportunity. Uh, Do we have a a quarterback? Honestly, I would like to see Trevor Simeon get a shot. But, you know, they like Boyle. So um, we'll see. We'll we'll see what this week is like. if,
3: If it wasn't for your Zach Wilson take that exploded on social media, I honestly didn't know you had a podcast until then because I saw that show up in my feed. And that's what sparked me like, oh, wow, look at Bilal out there, like, you know, ripping in the So into it's a sack. good thing, man. So that's when I slid in. <laughs> that's when I DM'd you on Instagram. I'm like, I got to get Bilal on. He's, he's out there. He's got a great podcast, but I discovered in that moment. So I'm thankful for you to be out there and have those takes because without that, we wouldn't be here today. How about that?
0: Yeah, I appreciate it.
1: Well, it's all, we can thank Zach Wilson for all of this. Um, Well, you guys, even the most, (laughs) even the most uh, optimistic Jet fans turning, you know, again, I think no one, everyone was rooting for the kid. I don't think anyone's rooting against him because ultimately we all see the talent. We're all enamored with it. And I wish I had that talent, but like, You know, I also wish he could translate it into and it's not his fault. It's just, you know, some guys can, some guys can't. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Um, I know you guys have to run. So if there's anything else you guys had for Bilal, just, uh, you know, now's the time.
2: Bilal, I just want to say thank you so much for having us on your show after coming on our show. Like I said at the beginning of the stream, I think I can officially call us friends now. And I'm going to be clipping that and sending it to everybody I know and be like, what's up with this? I'm friends with Bilal Pal, baby. So, I mean, really just humbled and honored to be here chatting with the both of you guys. Rami, you're an awesome host. Loving what you're doing at WFAN, CBS Network, with the Believe Network. You guys are awesome. So just thank you so much for having us. And uh, let's do it again sometime.
3: Yeah, I mean, thank you for having us on. Bilal, Rami, I love your show. And I also really love seeing former Jets, like, active, right? Quincy is on, you know, the Jets, we got a Mark Sanchez, Nick Mangold podcast. And when I saw yours, I was like, yes, like, this is what it's all about. Like getting the former Jets that I grew up with, getting their personalities on, you know, camera and getting their takes is what this fan base needs. So continue to do what you guys are doing. I think this is a really good start. Your podcast is great. I tune in all the time. And I think this is the beginning of something special for you guys. And cannot thank you enough for having us on. It was a lot of fun talking Jets with you both and uh, love to have you guys on our show anytime, man. So we appreciate you guys well tell us where we
1: tell us where we can find your stuff so that uh everyone else can you know cross uh cross market all that
3: so if you want to check out check out our podcast on spotify and apple Podcasts as the jets media podcast and then on youtube just type in jets media you'll see the youtube channel on there that's where we go live we do pre-recorded content there as well and then on instagram and twitter it's at ny jets underscore media uh just posting a lot of jets content you know as much as i can keeping this fan base as realistically optimistic through all the darkness times that's what i try to do my best and kind of keep the engagement going so you guys know where to find me
2: we also uh it- we also go live during the games as well. So if you guys want to yes. see two psychopaths lose their mind oh, yeah. in real
0: time... I'm afraid to go out. live with Rummy. I, I don't know. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, because
1: the phone calls I get from you, all of a sudden you show up tame once the game's over. The next morning you calm down by Monday morning. But the calls exactly. I get from you exactly. Sunday night, if I if I recorded some of those, it would be quite a different podcast. Bilal. We would have gone hey, listen, viral a lot sooner. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, well, and my, my friend here owns a, owns a bar, man, Manhattan Project. And th- this guy, like... Slowly turning into an Eagles bar, and like oh, even no. when you Google it, it says Eagles bar, and he's so mad because he's actually a Bears fan. So he's like, I don't want to be an Eagles Eagles bar, but the, the you know they took over. I get fifty <laughs> people in here, so I can't. That's the that's point. the money, right? So Man, when I'm in there watching the game and I, I hear all these Eagle fans like doing the chant and everything, here I am frustrated looking at. Like you know, the, the waiter and the waitress asking him if I want another drink. I'm like, man, don't even talk to me right now. I'm, I'm looking at the Jets. <laughs> they gave me like this little bitty TV in the corner while you know <laughs> the Eagle fans are on the projector screen and they got the surround going. You know, so hopefully we can get That's to that hilarious. point where we can make it a Jets bar. You know what I'm saying? We will. We will. Come on. Yeah. Well, 100%. no. We'll,
1: well, What we'll have to do is you'll have to come to New York. We'll yeah, all get together. We'll do a pregame tailgate. We'll do a pregame show from MetLife Stadium, and then we could do the postgame yeah. all together, something like Sign that. There's a ton of Jets. There. There's a ton of Jets media out there and fans. Pull up to the Jets Media
3: podcasts. Studio, man. We would love to have you here exactly. too, man. And right across, right you guys are some of the best Austria. to do
1: it. So I appreciate
3: <laughs> it. <laughs> appreciate it. you having us on man. to you, of course. Thank you so much. Yep.
1: All right, coming back. uh, Thank you again to Richie and Jack for that. That was really fun. We had a great time. We just talked about Tim Boyle's numbers as an NFL quarterback, but at least it's not Zach. Is that the positive in all this? Like, how do you go from in two years, two consecutive years, being the starter to non active in two consecutive years? Now, they tried to sugarcoat that he's not active in this game by saying that he technically is active because he's an emergency third quarterback, which is the new rule this year. But he's inactive. Like, how's that happened twice in two years? That's crazy. Look, I still think the realistic expectations, at least for me, are that Tim Boyle maybe isn't great, but at least they can move the ball. We talked about the Jets. Forget about touchdowns and interceptions. They were 22% on first down. If they could be 35% on first down, That would be incredible. That's not that still would put them at towards the bottom of the league. But just converting third downs at 30% would be an incredible improvement for this team. So that tells you how much this team needs to improve. Are there realistic expectations that you have for this game for the Jets?
0: Um after hearing those numbers, just (laughs) take care of the football. Just take care of the football. I think I, I think you'll you'll probably see Nathaniel Hackett come out and probably have some quick game. Um, honestly, let's get the screen game going. Let's yeah. let's get the screen game going. Let's 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 see those pre snap motions. Let's help the quarterback. Let's let's help the quarterback identify man zone. Let's 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 build in some some man beater blitz beaters. Let's get him that package. Let's let's say hey look. This is what it is, and this is what we're going to go into. Right now, you have nothing to lose, let's be honest. like You have nothing to lose, right? You have Tim Boyle as a starting quarterback out there, you know, Zach Wilson. And there's nothing to lose at this point. I do think you need to get Brees Hall the ball more. Yeah, I, would like sure.
1: I, mean, I would like to see him out in empty. I would like to see him in empty sets. I
0: would like to see him in empty sets. I would like to see two back uh, sets with him and, and Dalvin. Um, That way you can have a run option and then Brees being able to get the ball and and find that mismatch versus a linebacker. Like, you have to get creative at this point in what you're doing uh, because what you're doing right now isn't working. So you have to find another way. Like I said, it's a copycat league. There should be a lot of film study on teams that have beaten the Miami Dolphins and say, hey, look, this is what we need to do to beat them. And you need to incorporate that into your game plan. Like it's a copycat league; everybody's doing the the Tariq uh, motion right now, where they're taking the inside receiver and motioning around or, and putting him, you know, on a deep uh, a deep end at like 15 yards, and they're creating these you know shifts and motions to cause like miscommunication between the defense. That's what you need for the New York Jets. You need that, like. Let's get some shifts. Let's let's try to confuse the defense. Let's get some mixed direction. I haven't seen mixed direction with this team in weeks. Like let's yeah. let's try to find a way to get mixed directions with this team. I would like to see Izzy get involved, fresh legs coming off, right? Let's let's find a way to get him involved. Let, let's find a way to, to get him the ball with fresh legs. Um and he, I think he is I think he's efficient enough to like help us win. Like he's that good. He can help us win football games.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's that's such a huge key for this team. Uh, we, we talked about it earlier in the year and wanting to see more motion in the offense, and then we did for a couple weeks, and then it felt like, and you talked about this for the last few weeks, how much they had to dumb it down for Zach. And one thing we know, and we know this from Aaron, and we know this from Tim Boyle, is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. And that's why he keeps getting jobs, really, is because he's a really smart guy. He gets, he's getting jobs as backup so that he can help other people learn the offense. So... um We'll see where it goes. I still think Trevor Simeon will be the starter at some point this season. Uh, I don't think we're done. I don't think this is going to be the last time. But with the Aaron Rodgers, do you think they go back to him. Zach
0: though? If if it doesn't work out with Boyle, or, or is it Trevor going in?
1: They'll go to they'll go to Trevor first. But knowing this team, we'll see Zach again before the season's over. Like that yeah. last yeah. year was supposed to be the end of Zach, and we saw Zach again last year, and then we saw mm-hmm. him again this year. So like, think about this. I mean. It's so I don't know if it's ironic or if it's fate or whatever it is. You know who's going to be in the building on on Friday for the game? Not Swift, Mike F and White. Oh. Mike White, who was the guy who, if he just stays healthy last year, we might not even have Aaron Rodgers. We, he might be our starter this year. Like, think about how we talk about the roller coaster. Think about how things change. Like, if if that dude. If the Jets decide to give him the $8 million that he got from the Dolphins over two years instead of giving Dalvin Cook the $7 million for one year, then the Jets are probably a playoff team right now that maybe even if they're five and five or six and four staying afloat with Mike White as opposed to the disaster that we have this year, like if he was the backup, things would be different. And I, you can't not believe that. Um, I don't think Tim Boyle's as good as Mike White was last year or two years ago. I think Mike White mm-hmm. was awesome when he came here, and it's not. I don't think I'm elevating Mike White. I don't think he's that great. I just think he was a really capable backup. And we don't know what Tim Boyle is yet. His numbers don't say he's very good. One thing about Aaron Rodgers, Evan Roberts, who works on the Midday Show at WFAN, said something interesting. I didn't mention this with Richie and and Jack, but I, I want to get your thoughts on this. He is 40 years old. He is coming off an Achilles injury. So if he's going to re-injure the Achilles, or maybe he just can't do it anymore because he can't come off the Achilles, wouldn't you want to find out the answer to that question before the offseason and not at the beginning of next year so that you don't have the repeat of this year? Because let's say he comes back next year and he's not the same guy coming off the Achilles, then you just wasted a whole nother offseason. Whereas if he comes back this year and he's clearly not the same guy coming off the Achilles, then at least you can make a backup plan, which is where you really, we all agree, that's where the Jets failed the most this year is by not having a contingency plan for Rodgers. You always say there was no plan B. Maybe if they have a plan B going into the offseason, or maybe if they see that he's not going to be great, or at least he's not ready yet, maybe they will have a good plan B for next year. Is, is there any logic to that at all?
0: No, I, honestly, I think you, your best bet as, as an organization is going to get a quarterback that is has proven himself, but still trying to be in the league, you have to have a good quarterback. You are a team is they're as good as their backups. And you know, you want to see the smallest margin of of drop off in this league because there's numbers that are not like college. You're you're dressing 53 guys, or you're forty, forty, fifty three address. Right, yeah. And 46 are active. Like but you want to see you wanna see that small margin of like drop-off. And I think right now the most talented group in that small margin of drop-offs is the defensive line. You see that. And, and I can arguably say probably our defensive backs as well. Like you don't see any drop off because of the talent. I think you go out and I think you go out, you find a quarterback that has proven himself, but he's still uh maybe he's fighting to stay in the league. Maybe he still has something to prove. But he can come in and legit be a starter if you need him to be. And, you know, uh, obviously, there I think there are great quarterbacks. or I wouldn't say great. I would say good quarterbacks available in the offseason to, to do that, to make sure you have a good plan B. Um, I didn't think they thought that through uh, because they were so hung on uh, Aaron Rodgers that they didn't think to go and get a backup quarterback, not only to uh, – push Aaron, but to push Zach, like Zach didn't feel pushed with Tim Boyle in the building. I bet he felt forced to like almost, you know, if you go get a guy that has been proven to say, Hey, you know, you're third or you out the, you're, you're out the door. It was almost given to Zach to say, Hey, you're the second, you're the backup. Like there's no motivation in that. But to say, hey, you're gonna start off as number three because this guy behind Aaron Rodgers is is gonna be our first guy we go to. Maybe it maybe it makes Zach play better in training camp. So I think the biggest thing for the New York Jets is they need to find they need to find a good backup going into the offseason. Um, a guy that emulates the same game plan and, and, and the same play as Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, you need a guy, like I said, that's proven a guy that has good IQ of the game, a guy that can come in and not only be a locker room guy, but a leader. Um, and and that's it, man. You know, you don't want to go get a guy that's huge. Like you said, that makes Aaron feel like, "Whoa, why'd you go get him type of thing? But you go get a guy that if Aaron does go down, this guy can absolutely come in and help us win.
1: You know, what's ironic about all this is that Aaron Rodgers got so furious at the Packers for drafting Jordan Love. But if the Jets are in a top 10 draft spot, which if the season goes really poorly, they might be. This is a quarterback deep draft this year. Like, Mm -hmm. go get a Drake May. Like, I mean, I'm serious. Go get a Bo Nix. Like, one of those guys might be out and probably will be out there when the Jets are picking. And it's like, you're doing the whole thing over again, the whole saga over Mm -hmm. again. But that might actually be your best option is to get a kid who, okay, now you're going to sit behind Rodgers. And hopefully Rodgers is good enough for a couple of years, but then after that, we actually have a, the quarterback of the future. As far as the backup that you just described, you kind of described Tim Boyle because while well, Tim Boyle statistically hasn't had any success, he's played in Nathaniel's Hackett's offense. He's been in there for years, and I love when it does that. When I do a thumbs up and the oh, thumbs the, up the. Yeah, well, it shows it. a thumbs up on the screen. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. Maybe it's only me. I think it's because you got yesterday,
0: the. Then I, you know, and I have the microphone. It's
1: because of the math. Oh, you're right. Yesterday, yeah. I did something. I I went like this. I said two, and balloons flew up. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Anyway, I was on a different show yesterday. I, for the audio listening audience, I apologize. There's we're just talking about what's happening on the screen right now. Uh, go check us out on YouTube and on Instagram and Twitter if you want to see what I'm talking about. But Back to the question um, about the quarterback. This is a guy who was a backup in this league and he learned and understood. Rogers said he was always, he understood the Hackett system more than Rogers understood the Hackett system at times. That's what Aaron said. That's what Aaron said yesterday. Obviously, a smart guy. He understands the offense. And I know he's a great leader because of what he said after the game about Zach. Like he didn't, he wasn't asked about Zach. He said, I just, first of all, want to say, you know, I love Zach and I want to shout out him and all that stuff. That's a leader. That's someone who kind of doesn't, he's not making it about himself. You know, he's making it about the team. And and that was really cool to see that he didn't have to say anything about Zach. You're, you're the starting quarterback moving forward. And then the moment he didn't even know if he was going to be the starter moving forward. Um, and he went out of his way to talk up Zach. And I think like that's that's cool as a leader. Um, also, there's no tape on and you can speak to this. I can't. I, I think I've heard this before, but maybe you can confirm this. When you have a Thursday night game, especially when the Dolphins had a bye before their last game, you have two game plans going into the week, right? You have your Sunday and then your Thursday night game plan. Is that correct? The week prior to the Thursday night game, you kind of have two game plans going?
0: Yeah, because you'll, you'll come in, you'll you'll play your Sunday game. And then that that quick turnaround is like, I mean, you can't put much in. You know what I mean? The right. short week, you can't, you can't put too much in. You know what I mean? So, so it's like assume, pretty much basic.
1: So I assume a, a Sunday to a Friday is the same type of thing where they the Dolphins probably had two game plans going into this past week. Um, and they probably were prepping for Zach Wilson, not for Tim Boyle. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a little bit of an advantage there for the Jets that there's no tape on this guy, but it's 3 p.m., It's the Amazon Prime game. I'm actually, I'm not in it, but WFN is going to be in the open. Look out for us. We had the NFL Films crew in our studio on Monday uh, filming stuff about us yelling about the Jets and how they finally benched Wilson and whatever. Uh, The NFL Films crew came in and and videoed our show, so that was fun. Um, I wasn't on the show, obviously, but I I was working behind the scenes. Um, I was shocked by this number. I guess the the Vegas, the bookmakers, looked at... uh, Looked at Tim Boyle's stats like we just did, and we're like, oh, well, this guy sucks because the number is Miami minus 9.5 on the road. That's a crazy number. Now, I know Washington was just minus 9.5 against the Giants this past week, and the Giants actually won. Mm -hmm. But 9.5 point favorites against the Jets on the road feels like a lot. Do you have any keys for the Jets to kind of erase that 9.5 and maybe win?
0: Uh, I think they need to expect, like, some crazy, crazy things to happen on the offensive side. Uh, <laughs> the Dolphins are very – probably probably one of the most creative offenses in, in the yeah. league right now. And they're actually fun to watch. But sometimes I think they do too much, uh, too much for their own good. Uh, so I think the Jets need to expect surprises. Um, and I think, honestly, man, like, just continue to improve on uh, their defense. Um outside of the red zone, you know what I mean? Like we, that has been an ongoing thing, uh, for, you know, for the entire season, um, this far. And I think they need to like, just focus on stopping teams from getting in the red zone, getting into what we call point zone where, you know, you, you allowing yourself, uh, your opponent's field goals and offensively, um, I would just like to see the run game get going. I mean, we haven't seen Brees really get loose, man. Um, Obviously, the offensive line has injuries, but, man, you just like to see the offensive coordinator put his players in the best position. Like, game plan is key. Um, You can still game plan for guys. Uh, And I would just like to see him find a way to get Brees Hall going. That way it takes off of Tim Boyle. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it, it takes away it takes away the pressure of him throwing the ball, finding himself doing that. And obviously, you like what Garrett Wilson has been doing over the past five weeks. I mean, the guy's averaging what close to what eight catches a game, nine catches a game, um, almost ninety some yards receiving. And that's with Zach Wilson. So I, I'm kind of excited to see how him and Tim um, has that you know that that chemistry going into the game. And uh, you know, uh, honestly. Two, just from the offensive standpoint, I, I would just like to see our skill guys, our quarterback, or mostly our running backs, run the football without being touched in the backfield, control the line of scrimmage. Same thing on the defensive side. I would like to see our defensive line get to get to the quarterback, change the line of scrimmage, collapse the pocket. That's what I need to see. This game is going to be one up front on both sides.
1: Well the running back for Miami Hn might be out. Uh it was funny when you were talking before about, you know, guys coming up to you and saying, "Oh, you didn't do this or you didn't do that." And you're like, "Oh, you don't know how football works, right?" It was obviously someone. I was thinking yeah. about Sauce Gardner and saying, "Oh, it wasn't my assignment," you know, when he said on Twitter yeah. about that long touchdown that they gave up. Uh well, yeah. Um you mentioned something else though. You talked about the creative offense. I think Mike Daniels or yeah, Mike McDaniel, sorry. Where he yeah, can struggle memory. some where he can struggle sometimes is he's extremely creative and that might be a detriment to them today. They they said to him after the game against the Raiders they're like your offense wasn't so good and he's like, "Oh, I'm glad to see we raised the level. We had 400 yards in the game. I'm glad we see I I'm glad to see we raised the level to the point that you think 400 yards is not so good." <laughs> Which they're right, you know, he's right about that, but I think what with- beating the Jets this year is conservative offenses. Offenses that are like, hey, let's just not turn the ball over and let the Jets offense beat themselves. Yep. If they're trying to be creative, that's where the Jets can force turnovers. And that's always the Jets key to win is win the turnover matchup. right? Win the turnover battle, that could be a key to victory for the Jets. So I'd like to see a creative Dolphins offense because I think if the more creative they try and get, the more I guess fun and risk-taking they try and get, I think that's better for the Jets. Um, but I also don't think Mike McDaniel is an idiot. I think he's very smart and I think he knows that too. And he might try and play very conservative. We'll see what happens. Um, do you have a prediction for the game? Do you have a touchdown score prediction? What do you have going into this game?
0: Oh my goodness. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I want the Jets to win, man. I, I, I really I think do. think That's the craziest I, part I, though. I want the just I'm rooting
1: for I'm rooting for this to be one of those games where we're walking out of the stadium at M- on MetLife at 6 p.m. on a Friday, and everyone's chanting, hey. Timmy Boyle. And
0: like, then they have
1: shirts the already. next day in the yeah, facility. Yeah, Tim guys F. Boyle Tim shirts. Boyle. Let Tim Boyle yeah. instead of, like, let, yeah, let, let Tim, let, let Tim oh, come. Oh, that's, let
0: that's, let that's him, dope. I think you're going to start let to see boil.
1: that. Yeah, let's let that Tim boil. Yeah. Oh, I want I, yeah, it. You want it. We both want it. I, my prediction I'll give you right now. I don't see it just because I've never seen Tim Boyle play. I think the Jets lose. I think they keep it close. I think the defense gives up a late touchdown. I think it's like 17-13. The defense gives up a late touchdown. The Jets lose 24-13. to um, I think Tim Boyle throws a couple picks. Throws a touchdown, but throws a couple picks. Uh, and ultimately, the, the defense, it's the same story. It can't keep up. And I think ultimately, by next week, You know, they'll have the longer week now because the game's on Friday. I think by the following week at home, I think it's against Atlanta the following week. I think we'll see Trevor Simeon by then. That's my personal prediction. Uh, What's your prediction?
0: Uh, I'm going to go a little higher. Uh, Definitely 27. I'm going to have Miami winning. 27. I see a touchdown. Three field goals.
1: All right. And And how about the Jets?
0: That's my prediction. Twenty-seven. What is that? Seven sixteen.
1: Twenty-seven. Oh, twenty-seven sixteen. Yeah. The Jets touchdown on three field goals. Yeah. Okay. I, okay, yeah. got you. I got you. That's my bad. Yeah. I didn't do the math there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to do the math. Like, yeah, thirty. <laughs> twenty-seven
1: sixteen. Yeah, yeah, dude. What's your uh, What's your Thanksgiving plans?
0: I'm, I'm sorry. This wasn't
1: on the show sheet. That's That's my bad. I I should have put this question on the show. No, sheet.
0: it's good. Uh, we well, we have a we have a friend who owns a restaurant. Man, they got they got a uh, you know close friends uh they're shutting down the restaurant or well, opening up i should say on thanksgiving opening up the restaurant and having about 40 people coming in and uh but we're going to do that after we eat here i like to keep it real small for thanksgiving man i know a lot of people like to have like a million people in the house i'm totally opposite like i take coast you know my immediate family and you know a few others but that's about it what about yourself
1: i f- I still got to see that other side of you because I know you have it in you. You played in the NFL like it's such a camaraderie and I've only seen like this mild-mannered soft side. Like I said, I've seen it in in pieces a few times. But like, yeah, I'm I'm going... So I'm going to be working um, at WFN and CBS Sports Network, uh, you know, the younger guys that gives us an opportunity to fill in when most of the regulars are out on th- holidays and Thanksgiving. So I'm, I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity I get, you know, maybe I'm the next Wally Pip, who knows? I'm not Wally Pip. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Lou Gehrig who fills in now that you guys know <laughs> who that is. um. But uh, yeah, Google, it's a true story. I'm not even like, I'm not messing with you. Like that's yeah. the Wally Pip, Google Wally Pip. Um, but I'll be working and then hopefully I'll get home in time. We're going to my cousin, uh, and I have a brother and his wife and two kids are going to be there. And my cousin's married with a couple kids um, and they have some friends who are going to be there. So it's really their friends, but uh, it's also kind of some family and some friends. So it's kind of a hybrid. Uh, they live about 20 minutes from us. So that's going to be fun. And then we're, we're, we're staying there the whole weekend. So that's, that's going to be fun also. So uh, it'll be a good time. Um, I'll watch some of the jets and then I, I'm probably going to, I'll text you after the game. I'll text you on, on Saturday night. Cause I'm, I'm gonna, at some point I get cut off. I can't watch the end of the game. Um, yeah. but I'll, I'll definitely be watching the first half. I hope it's close. Uh are you a fan of turkey? Like, is, is that a are you a turkey guy? Because there, like like overhan- yeah, there, there
0: was a big debate. I like
1: ham. You're more yeah, there was a more was there's a big debate today. people are like, Oh, it's a holiday centered around turkey. Turkey's not that good. I personally like I don't eat turkey the rest of the year, but I love it on Thanksgiving, like it's tradition. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, it depends All on right. it's Yeah, I agree. What's your favorite way to prepare it?
0: Um I know most... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like you dry turkey, people. man.
1: <laughs> exactly. You see those people on Instagram like deep frying it and then the, you know... the fire yeah, A lot of people
0: deep fry it. it, yeah. That's
1: yeah. Hot. That's a hard
0: thing to I've do. Not... Have you tried it?
1: No, I've never it's tried dangerous, to fry it. dangerous, But I know. You see like the videos on social media, mm-hmm. like the, the fire like bursting out on people. Um, dude, we have so... By the way, I, I feel like this always when we have a guest, you know, it's just four people talking. It's a lot of people talking and we love having the guests on. There's so much for us to talk about, so we're going to have a busy episode on Monday. You guys have to tune in. Uh, We're going to have a busy episode because we're going to have a lot to talk about. I still have some notes that I didn't get to. There was more from the Rodgers stuff that we could break down, and if the Jets win, they're right back in this thing, baby, because their next two games, Houston at home and Atlanta at home, they could win those games. They could win three in a row. They've done this. They won three in already, right? They won three in a row already this year. Do it again. Uh It's the big deal. We'll do it again. Come on. Um, I also do want to ask you because I know you're on another show this week, and they are asking you about uh, running backs getting paid. So we'll talk about that next episode. Also, uh, we'll recap Thanksgiving. You'll tell me if your turkey was dry or not. Um, yeah. We actually use a um, like a turkey bag. It's called like, and you roast in the oven in this bag, and it keeps like all the juices in, and it actually and makes, then you keeps bust it really over. juicy. Yeah, yeah, when you bust out, it, like it's got, it, it maintains the juice. I don't, I don't know. That's that's what we've used, and it, it's actually working. So uh, I think mm-hmm. that's what we're going to do again this year. I got nothing else. If you don't, it's been a long episode, I know already. So if you got nothing else until next time, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, this time, actually, we will go eat a snack because it's Thanksgiving, right?
0: Yeah, yes, sir.
1: Yeah, That. by the way, you started making that your thing. Yes, sir. You did it twice last episode, so I'm I'm counting. You did it going into right, the break.
0: Three now, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, three now. So <laughs> we're counting. If you want to make that your trademark, we'll do it.
0: Let's do it. All, right. I'm All working right. on that right now.